0: Hello and welcome to Down Syndrome Radio, uh, this is episode 16, I believe, and uh, it is March 1st, 2013, we have a super special guest here for you today, but uh, before I get there, let's uh, introduce our co-hosts, uh, Mark Owens, here with uh, Jason Koski and Rick Kosmowski, we're here to tell you about raising children with, uh, with Down Syndrome and uh, some, some tips and help for that. So how are
1: things going over there in uh, Delaware, Rick? They're going Awesome. I'm back from uh, DSAIA over the weekend, and uh, all pumped up to talk about this today. So
0: Awesome. I don't know up. why I always go east to west. It just feels like that's the right way to go.
1: <laughs> so so what else is going on in your house? What's what's new with the baby? Uh, yeah, I we were jumping around. Oh, the baby just turned five months, so he is 17-and-a-half-pound, arm-breaking child. Uh, but he's awesome, and he just laughs all the time. And uh, my mom came over today, and she was stretching like... I don't know, she's into stretching and he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And like it's like one of those videos that you would watch on YouTube or something where the baby just goes crazy when someone's doing something. <laughs> it was awesome. It was hysterical. So he thinks my mom's stretching is funny. It's great. Maybe
0: maybe she should do stand up. She right? should do baby stand up, you know, at like uh you know, at daycares.
1: <laughs> watch this lady move, it's crazy. Oh. So anyway that's about how, that's about how cool is that it's going. And, and uh it's good to be back with them. I'm paying my dues with uh extra kid time as I was gone for 3 days last week and had lots of sleep. So that was kind of cool. So.
0: Yeah.
2: Back to the dad stuff.
0: All right. what's up, what's up going what's new over there on your coast, Jason?
2: Um not a whole lot. It was a, an amazingly beautiful day today. I spent the day with uh Louise, and we rented a paddleboard and paddle all around Mission Bay here in San Diego and stopped at various places and saw lots of birds and jellyfish and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it was a great time.
0: Your life is like straight out of a magazine, dude.
2: I think so. That's, that's how everyone lives out here. You should come out here. Great. No, Great. No, it was one of those... Uh, uh, it, it actually does not get that warm here, believe it or not. It's just night, you know, temperate all of the time. But on the days when it does get really warm here, you got to take advantage of it. Awesome!
0: So, so you didn't bring the Dex, man. You didn't put like a uh, um, car seat on the front of the paddleboard or anything like that. I
2: did not. You know, if we, I bought, I bought a whole bunch of these daily deal things for a f- like full day paddleboard rental um, a long time ago, <clears throat> and they're. It's like fifteen dollars for the full day that thing was, and normally it's pro- it's like fifty, I think. So, so we used one of those that we had already purchased. If we if we would have gone with the Dexman, we would have got a kayak, and he he does good in that. He sits in that nice, and, and uh, it's it's it has walls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot harder to fall out of. Right, right. So,
0: does he react much? I mean, how does he like it? Does he get excited?
2: Oh, he loved it. Yeah, yeah. We went um when over the in the fall when we went on vacation, we, we had a couple kayaks and we went out quite a bit and yeah, he loved it.
0: It's not as funny as Rick's mom though.
2: Probably uh, not. No. Oh, uh, here we go. Mom jokes.
0: <laughs> uh well things are going well here in uh um in, in Richmond. You guys maybe saw my my Facebook posting. Not that I'm much of a Facebooker, <laughs> but uh you know, while Kim, my wife, went to the, uh, uh, the conference in Cincinnati, uh, I was, of course, flying solo all weekend. And uh, that Saturday night, uh, Luke's nickname was Luker the Puker. Oh, no. <laughs> I woke up with, with him and my daughter in bed with me. And uh, he sat up, coughed a few times, and then it was like warm, chunky soup all over my shoulder. <laughs> so I
2: was like, no. Uh,
0: that was a long night. But uh, you know that was just a temporary setback. He was he was better maybe by the you know twenty four hours later. It's not nothing serious. It's just some things kids do. Uh, he's talking a lot more, so we're 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 excited about that. And we're also working on his uh, his IEP and decisions about uh, schooling for next year. We're in some somewhat tense negotiations with our with our county. So we'll kind of our, our uh, the topic for our dad's meeting is IEPs. It's a Tuesday night, so I'm going to bring a lot of questions. See what backup I can't get. Awesome. Yeah, that's a that's a topic we need to cover eventually.
1: Yeah, definitely. We, I'm sure we all have experiences, or Jason probably has lots of questions. So. Yeah, yeah, but no, we just, we just did our second IEP for the year too, two weeks ago. So uh, yeah, thank you for saying.
0: Does it seem to you that they they fight over giving you services of a certain maybe you know maybe hours a week or whatever, but there's like there's like 12 people in the room and there's several you know two-hour evaluations they have to do of them and there's like three meetings necessary and the overhead to do the plan is so many like man hours worth of, of, of intensive work that if they just were to maybe evaluate and, and, and meet less, they could give me all the resources that I wanted anyway.
1: <laughs> I want those hours, you'd suck. Well, yeah, you're sitting minute, at the there. IEP
0: meeting and, and, and you know, it's, it's it's there's eight, ten people there and that's like, you know, this is eight hours right here. This is you know an hour a week for two months that's all i'm asking
1: yeah it's pretty
2: it's Ooh, who are all the people there we, we dexter just had his um two-year ifsp and um you know we were there and then his like early start teacher was there and and the regional center like coordinator person was there um, i think that's it i think his pt was there just because it was his regular pt time too
0: uh, uh, maybe, maybe you know. Maybe they thought there was going to be donuts or something, but I'm, I'm, being, I'm being sarcastic. No, they're all you know. I don't know. They're
2: let's hey, see. We bring
1: donuts. Uh, no, no joke.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good idea. It. Well, bring we bring a big picture of Luke and put it at the head of the table every time, though. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's a topic for another day. Uh, we all have our, our yeah. They're all are all good people involved. You know, they're so, they're just trying to work things out. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say, Rick? You want to introduce our, uh, our our special guest and our exciting topic for the day?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, really special guest today, exciting topic all the way from Washington, D.C., uh, from the NDSS. We have the lead for national policy, um, and, uh, and she just got a, a new title with the NDSS, so I'll let her explain that uh, on our background. But with us today is Sarah Weir. So yay, Sarah, welcome.
3: Thank and you. And
1: we're talking about uh, the Buddy Walk on Washington and the NDSS and uh, learning about... All of that is which is happening in just two short weeks. So, with that, I just want to hand it over to uh, Sarah. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
3: Great. Thanks, Rick. I'm really happy to be with you all this evening. Um, Yes, my name is Sarah Weir. I'm the Vice President of Advocacy and Affiliate Relations for the National Down Syndrome Society. I'm based in Washington, D.C. and um, help run and um, lead our Capitol Hill efforts on behalf of people with Down Syndrome. Um, I always tell people I feel like I have Um, The world's best job. Um, I basically lead all of our advocacy programs across the country I work with our down syndrome ambassador program. Rick is um, Actually one of our down syndrome ambassadors from Delaware and he will be recognized at the buddy walk on Washington As one of our down syndrome ambassadors of the year, which is exciting and we can talk a little bit more about that later Um, I also run our um, NDSS government affairs committee program and um, do all of our, our Capitol Hill work. So I'm um, often meeting with members of Congress and their staff on the issues that um, impact people with Down syndrome and their families. So thank you so much.
0: Hey, Sarah, tell, tell us a little bit more about, um, uh, about yourself and your family. Do you have children as well?
3: Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, So um, my background is actually in government affairs, public policy. I'm actually originally from Kansas. I always say I slowly made my way out east. I um, went to graduate school at Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um, after grad school, or during grad school, I worked for a couple congressional campaigns and then moved to Washington, D.C. And I actually worked for a lobbying firm for five years. Most of my um, clients, when I was at my lobbying firm, um, were in the nonprofit patient advocacy space. I did a lot of work around research and science policy, um, did a lot of work with the National Institutes of Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and represented um, a number of patient advocacy groups on Capitol Hill. Um, I actually mentored for a young woman with Down syndrome growing up. Um, she was, um, I, I started working with her actually in college, and her family is, is very close um, to, to my family, and I was a part of her family. She's actually a bridesmaid in my wedding when I got married, I guess, over four and a half years ago. And she's been my inspiration for my career in public policy, and I always wanted to work with an organization that was very mission driven, like NDSS, and um, could have a very positive impact on. People with disabilities, specifically people with Down syndrome. I don't Excellent. have I don't have any children. I actually have um, a big dog, um, a big English <laughs> Mastiff named Boss, who um, I'm sure if you're in in the social media circles, you've seen pictures of him. And um, my husband and I live in Alexandria, Virginia, just across the river from Washington, D.C.
0: Awesome to be. I used to live up there in uh, uh, Northern Virginia. It's beautiful there.
3: Oh yeah. Great.
0: So you'll have to send uh, um, Jason some pictures. We we tend oh, to get you know, yeah. one, you know, uh, um, and and make sure you include uh, if you have any pictures of your uh, your mentee. You know, I, I, like, is she like a little sister kind of a
3: thing? She is. Yes, she's Excellent. a couple years younger than I am. And her so name definitely. Is? Her name's Casey Cattell.
0: Casey. Mm-hmm. Excellent. See, I, everybody always seems to have a link, and I just was trying to discover what it was. Um, all right, well, I, I thought the big topic for this would be uh, uh, the Walk on Washington. Is that uh, kind of what we want to promote at the moment?
3: Absolutely. It's it's coming up, as Rick mentioned, in less than uh, two weeks. It's actually, um, this year, it's March 13th and 14th, so it's a, I guess, a Wednesday, Thursday. Um, our Buddy Walk on Washington is always a two-day annual advocacy conference. This is where we bring the Down syndrome community together um, to advocate on Capitol Hill. We always have a legislative agenda that NDSS is working toward um, that with the goal of positively impacting public policies um, that impact people with Down syndrome and their families. So this is our opportunity to actually meet with members of Congress and their staff on Capitol Hill in a very unified way Um, The first day, just to back up, the first day we really focus on um, bringing everyone together to give them some additional training to prepare them for their Capitol Hill visit. Uh, This is an opportunity to do some role plays to figure out if you're a new person, if you're a new advocate, how a Capitol Hill meeting can be structured and how you can approach it. We go through the list of legislative priorities that we're working on, and I can talk about some of the legislative priorities that we're going to be working on in a minute. And then um, we focus on preparing everyone for their visits the next day. This year we're doing something unique where, in a very unified, collective way, we're scheduling all the visits for our, I think we're up to about 210 advocates that will join us on Capitol Hill on the 14th and um the the firm that we work with to do this will actually be involved in the training and um this is their area of expertise and it's going to be a lot of fun and a very um hopefully unique and exciting um training session we'll have a, a keynote speaker during that training session as well um congressman jim Nessel was a uh, i think he was a three or four term congressman from iowa He actually has a daughter, Sarah, who's 23 and lives in Iowa, and he also, after he left Congress, was the head of the Office of Management and Budget, or the head of the OMB, and he has obviously a lot of direct experience with dealing with constituents and advocates, and so he can speak firsthand on the importance of advocacy, and he'll be doing that during our training session as well. That evening, we'll have our Buddy Walk on Washington. It's our annual advocacy awards dinner. This is NDSS's opportunity to honor those advocates that kind of go above and beyond in the community to advocate for people with Down syndrome. And um, I'm very excited about this year's awards dinner. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, We're honoring advocates really from across the country are two self-advocates, um, Daniel Goodrow from Vermont and Connor Long from Boulder, Colorado. Um, they've done very unique things, and they're actually maybe two of the youngest self-advocates we've ever um, recognized. I think Connor is 17 or 18, and Daniel's I think, 18 or 19. So very excited to recognize them and their efforts. Um, we have two individual advocates, um, that we're honoring uh, Nikki Davis from Evansville, Indiana. She's really helped drive advocacy in social media. I think this is something new at NDSS um, that we're trying to lead. I've had um, Capitol Hill staffers even recognize the work that we're doing to promote advocacy through Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. So it's very exciting, and Nikki has helped um, really help drive some of those efforts in that area. Um, Richard Peck is actually um, a D.C. local. He has a, um, I think he has a nephew with Down syndrome and has done a lot of Ironman races. He's joined the Buddy Walk on Washington every year and we're very excited to recognize uh, to recognize Richard. Um, as I mentioned earlier, our two Down syndrome ambassadors of the year Um Rick is one of our one of our outstanding ambassadors of the year. He's gone How about
0: that. Go Rick.
3: <laughs> go Rick. He's gone Rick. Abo- above and beyond to cultivate relationships with the Delaware congressional delegation. I think um, it's it's paid off in dividends, and he's just done an outstanding job of not only cultivating those relationships, but I think Rick, everything you're doing um, to promote advocacy is just it's outstanding. And then we have um, an advocate from Kansas, Jawanda Mast, who has a 12-year-old daughter, Rachel, with Down syndrome. Um, Like Rick, Jawanda has gone above and beyond blogging about the ABLE Act, why it's important to pass, contacting um, her local media, and cultivating relationships with her congressional delegation as well. Um, This is the whole purpose of the Down syndrome ambassador program, and I think Rick and Jawanda both emulate what we look for when it comes to Ambassadors. Um, We always honor and recognize a Buddy Walk. Um, Our Buddy Walk program is actually one of our signature NDSS programs. Um, It's been around for decades now, and this year we're honoring the Down Syndrome Association of Jacksonville. They always invite their congressional reps and senators to their Buddy Walk. Um, Their numbers are outstanding, and they've just always done a fantastic job of incorporating advocacy into their walk. And then finally, uh, we are recognizing the National Institutes of Health, specifically the, the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, which is the main institute at NIH that works on Down syndrome. They've done a number of exciting things to really forge ahead in the research field for Down syndrome most recently um, helping, to, helping us establish a Down syndrome patient registry, which will be launched later this year. So it's very exciting. Um, the awards dinner is going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of members of Congress um, actually joining us that, that evening to help recognize and honor our advocates from across the country. And then I guess the second day, is even if it could get even more exciting, it is Um, we have a we'll have everybody on capitol hill that morning with a breakfast reception where we actually recognize members of congress that work tirelessly throughout the year um, to advocate and lead on the issues that we care about we're going to be recognizing about 10 to 15 senators and representatives that morning Um, from there our folks will go move ahead and, and conquer capitol hill or storm capitol hill and everybody will be meeting with their congressional delegations. Uh, at noon that day, we're actually going to be um, partaking in a press conference um, right in front of the Capitol on the ABLE Act, which is the Achieving a Better Life Experience Act. I think probably Rick has has talked about this in, in prior podcasts. But the oh, yeah, ABLE Act familiar, is yeah. our...
0: And we're all fired up.
3: We're all fired up. <laughs> we should play, play Kayla's clip. Um, We. this is a piece of legislation that our organization has been working on for years and years and years. Um, This is the Congress, the 113th lucky Congress, I say, where we're going to get the ABLE Act done. Um, The ABLE Act would create essentially 529 accounts for people with disabilities. Um, As you know, there are um, very firm, strict uh, limitations placed on our folks where you can only have $2,000 in assets and earn 600, roughly $680 a month in order to qualify for benefits like Medicaid. Um, obviously, we know this is completely unfair to people with Down syndrome and other disabilities, um, not a, not being able to acquire assets into an account um, or assets into your name. And so we want to create these accounts so that our folks have incentives to go out and get jobs and live where they want to live and work where they want to work and so on and so forth, the ABLE Act has always had um, very wide bipartisan support. It was actually introduced um, about two weeks ago in both the House and Senate um, with overwhelming um, support. I don't think a bill, I don't think any bill that's been introduced in this new Congress has as much support as the ABLE Act does coming out of the gate. We had um, 19 senators and 60 members of the House of Representatives um, co-sponsoring the bill upon introduction. So that's very exciting. Our numbers uh, continued to grow. Um, when we finished up, when we wrapped up the 112th Congress, we actually had over half of the entire U.S. Congress co-sponsoring this bill. Um, we will have our advocates on March 14th um, up on Capitol Hill trying to recommit co-sponsors in both the House and Senate, um, and this is our main legislative priority. It's something that um, NDSS is really leading with organizations like Autism Speaks and The Arc, and then about 50 national disability organizations have endorsed the legislation. Um so that that's that's our main legislative priority, and then we'll be having a press conference um, with media and with our advocates to announce the support that we have for this legislation. And then that afternoon, we'll, um, as folks continue to have meetings, the actually the NIH Down Syndrome Consortium will be meeting on the Hill, having their quarterly meeting. Um, actually, it's kind of. A, it's a special treat for us. They're going to do it in a very open um, public format. That way our advocates can see how an NIH consortium meeting works and can watch and learn about some of the key issues that the consortium is working on. Um, So that will take place in the afternoon. And then we pretty much wrap up and let folks get back home and, um, Get back to their their daily routine. We always do our buddy walk on Washington when Congress is actually in session Um, This is the time that they're here. They recognize that our advocates take time You know away from work and away from their families to come to Washington and make our issues a priority and I think um, it, it's very much recognized that um, our community is united, and we have some work to get done. And so that's why we're very excited. That's why NDSS is committed to doing our buddy walk on Washington every year.
0: No, I think it's I think it's wonderful, and and there's so many there's so many reasons to do it. I think these guys really do respond to you know personal interaction that's going to be face to face and and you guys do a great job of facilitating and getting us regular parents who are voters you know face to face with them to talk about the the issues that that are important to us
3: yeah I, I couldn't i couldn't agree more absolutely and you know rick could probably you know add to the fact that in order to effectively advocate you know it's it's telling your personal story it's tying that story to our legislative priorities, why, why we need to get a particular piece of legislation passed or why a specific program um, needs to be funded. And I always say that I can go in and I can meet with every single office on Capitol Hill, but at the end of the day, I'm not a constituent and I'm not a voter in every one of those offices. So it's hearing from people like you that makes, makes the most difference.
0: Right. But th- this is the reason why, you know, we're pushing this here and that so many of our discussions relate to this. You know, when, when you have a child with Down syndrome, it's not something you think about right away. It's not an instant priority to, you know, how am I going to teach my child? You know, where am I going to be in five years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? It's kind of this extra thing that there's really no penalty for not being an advocate to you personally. But, you know, you have to think beyond yourself. You have to think about the, you know, the different uh, laws and regulations that, that we enjoy today and the fact that, you know, the people, you know, 10 years, 20 years ago, some of whom have been on this program, it was their advocacy that kind of got us where we are and that, you know, we kind of passed the ball to that. And in addition to the day-to-day stuff with our with our children, you know, we kind of have to reach beyond and uh, uh, make sure we, we we share our voice with Congress so they know, yeah. they know how to act because they're supposedly acting on our behalf.
1: You're there, Mark, and... You know, you look at all the work that people have done coming before us, and if you, this moment now, you know, not to be like, to sound, uh, you know, like a movie about it or something, but this is actually the moment and the movement to get the ABLE Act passed. is something that you'll look back on 20, 30 years from now and say, this is where we made a difference, and this is how we really changed the system, and it's close to happening, so it's, it's pretty amazing. And they listen to us, you know. As a as a regular parent, like you said, uh, parent, you never think, you know, you could really your voice is really heard that much, especially on a scale like Washington D.C. But they do listen to you, and they remember you, and they really remember your kid or the self advocate that walks in there and tells their story about why they want to be able to save money and why they want to be able to have a job uh, and be employed and be able to save their paycheck. So uh, that's the power of of what's happening just in two weeks from now, and. You know continuing until we get this
0: past you guys are making me feel bad it's only two hours away god it's, just, it's in the <laughs> middle of the week you know
3: <sighs> well and the and to add to, to Rick's point he, he's exactly right I think this is the time and for Down syndrome global globally or politically on Capitol Hill we have some phenomenal champions in Congress that understand and support our issues. I mean, we have Congresswoman McMorris-Rogers, who's a Republican from Washington State. She's actually been elected the Republican Conference Chair, which is the fourth highest Republican in the House. Uh, She has a five-year-old son with Down syndrome, Cole. uh, Huge champion for our issues and is living a lot of the same things that you all are on a daily basis. And then we have Congressman Pete Sessions from Dallas, Texas who has a 19-year-old son, Alex, with Down syndrome. And he's going through that, tradition, that transition period that many families go through from high school to um, not having a lot of opportunities for adults. I mean, we have a lot of post-secondary programs emerging, but we need to focus on post-secondary and employment opportunities. And he understands why the ABLE Act is important from that perspective. Um, we also work with Congressman Chris Van Hollen, who's actually doesn't have a child with Down Syndrome or a disability, um, but understands our, our issues and has been a huge friend and supporter to people with Down Syndrome and, and disabilities um, for for many years. He actually represents NIH in his congressional district, and so he understands our research needs as well. So we have a lot of a lot of congressional support, and I couldn't agree with you more that you know the time is now to pass legislation like the Able Act.
2: So maybe this is a, a touchy question, but why is it not why has it not been passed before?
3: Now, Jason, that is a great question, um, one that we get all the time. So the legislation actually has a cost associated with it. Or um, what we call a budget score. Um, in the 112th Congress, um, where which we wrapped up at the end of 2012, um, the legislation was scored at 1.29 billion over 10 years, which actually seems like a lot of money. But in the the grander scheme of things, and the political climate that we're in right now is actually not a lot of, not a lot of money um, and f- Unfortunately to pass legislation, you have to have an offset something that basically offsets that 1.29 billion. Um, that's really not the hurdle that we're dealing with right now. It's really just this partisan um, partisan politics or this gridlock that's happening in Washington DC right now. I think you've seen probably several examples in the media. Um, recently, you know how contentious the fiscal cliff package was at the end of last year, up until today, which the the sequester, something that was put into law in the Budget Control Act of 2011, um, with not being able to come to a consensus on how to basically curve or cut spending. We now have across the budget, across the board budget cuts um, among many federal well basically all federal um, spending and all federal programming that we have to deal with. And so even though our bill has so much support and um, has a lot of momentum, it's, it's things like this that become, you know, be, that emerge to the forefront of the debate in Washington. But with that said, um, we, do, we are working on a legislative strategy right now with our congressional champions, and colleagues from other organizations that will hopefully include the ABLE Act in something like tax reform. Both the chairman, um, Dave Camp from Michigan, who chairs the House Ways and Means Committee, and um, Senator Max Baucus from Montana, who chairs the Senate Finance Committee, really wanna do something around tax reform. And so um, the ABLE Act, because this is a tax bill, would be a natural fit to be part of that discussion.
0: So I, I have some questions about how the, you know, the $1.29 billion or the score is calculated. I would imagine it would be quite contentious in the methodology for estimating that. You know, in some ways, the, the plan would be that more of these folks would be able to get jobs and work where they weren't able to before. And that, you know, and they work, they're going to pay taxes. Or, uh, you know, if there's other ways to make this bill, you know, cost-neutral... I mean I'd be I'd be want to consider some of those. It seems like you could you could do it cost neutral and still get the benefit.
3: Absolutely. We're, we're going to I love this cuz we're going to have a completely wonky discussion. Um so the 1.29 billion is actually a joint tax revenue score. So it's only looking at lost tax revenue in order to pass a tax bill. That's the only thing you need to look at. Um, the flip side of that is is something where the Congressional Budget Office or the CBO will score a bill. And um, this is actually not a requirement of moving a tax bill through Congress. So any savings that are built into the legislation... Are actually not accounted for in that score so you're exactly right in the in the mere fact that there are savings um, to getting more people employed and I love to use this example in my when I'm on the hill visiting offices Um, I actually heard um, not too long ago of a young woman with Down syndrome I think she's 34 35 and lives in Indiana and this young woman has five jobs four part-time unpaid jobs and one part-time paid job, so she's probably working more than 40 hours in a week. Her, she, I, I believe, she lives at home with her parents, and her parents are driving her to her five different jobs, um, just because they, she doesn't want to lose her benefits by going over the asset and income limitations. So, not only is this a young woman who wants to work, um, wants a meaningful um, paid position, can work. And could probably, if she had a full-time job where she's working 40 hours a week at one job as opposed to five, could probably get benefits from her, from her employer and not the federal government and, um, and you know, save enough money to live where she wants to live and not, yeah. not with but her parents you, at home.
0: You know, if, she, if she worked 40 hours a week and earned a, you know, a, a full-time living wage, then she would pay taxes on that. She you,
3: yeah, absolutely. You read my mind, and well, believe me, that message resonates in especially Republican offices on the Hill. She she could be a taxpayer, and you know a lot of those specific examples aren't accounted for, unfortunately, in the congressional uh, scoring process. But but I what I find most attractive about the able bill is that the individual. With a disability or the the beneficiary can actually put his or her paycheck in this account, and I know we all take I think satisfaction in the mere fact that earning that paycheck is very fulfilling and very rewarding. And I know um, that's no different because you have you know Down syndrome or another disability. It's 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 that whole feeling of having a meaningful job and working where you want to work and living where you want to live. And I think um, the ba- the ABLE Act is not going to solve all of our problems, but I think it's a huge step in the right direction.
0: So do you mind if I ask you to just go off and make a prediction? Do you think it's going to pass? You mentioned you I, had more than half of Congress as a sponsor, so that would seem to be a lock.
3: <laughs> y- yes, we had uh, at the hund- end of the 112th Congress, we had over half the entire Congress pa- uh, supporting it. Um, yes, absolutely. This, this bill is going to pass. Um, I think it's going to pass in this Congress. Um, obviously, to, to Jason's point earlier, we have a couple of political hurdles that this Congress needs to get passed. Um, but I see this moving as part of tax reform. And I, I see the ABLE Act being included in both um, a House or Senate package, wherever it, it has to it actually has to initiate in the house, and I, I definitely see us um, part of that discussion. We've been working on this for seven seven years, and um, I know I can speak for one of my board members, Steve Beck, who was actually around the kitchen table when the Able Act was created. It's it's actually a very interesting story. Uh, at our Northern Virginia Down Syndrome Affiliate, um, parents were talking after a board meeting about the inequities around saving for their child with Down syndrome versus saving for their typical child and Came up with this idea and one of the board members lived next door to Congressman Crenshaw's chief of staff and brought the idea to him and he brought the idea to his boss and you know well, you know a couple weeks later they had this legislation put together in a draft and um, that's it. It's been seven years. It's come a long way, but I definitely believe the public policy or the policy is right and um, We've done our we've done our legwork and people are Recognizing the ABLE Act and recognizing the legislation Just just as a quick example um, a couple days ago I got contacted by the Senate um, the Senate Aging Committee which is part of if you if you paid attention to the fiscal cliff package there was a commission around long-term care established in that legislation or that law, and the Senate Aging Committee is actually interested in talking with us about including the Able Act as a policy recommendation coming out of this commission. And I think um, you know that that says a lot of how far we've come and how much traction we have um, toward passing this this legislation.
0: You know, when this whole thing uh, finishes, you're going to feel awful good about this, aren't you? <laughs>
3: I'm I'm ready to move on to the next thing.
0: <laughs> What's the um, next thing? Not
3: that not that we aren't working on other things, but I think, you know, having having this legislation passed, then we can attack the asset limitations and the income limitations because, you know, those haven't been the $2000 and the asset limitation and the income limitation haven't been adjusted I think in over roughly 40 years and there's a lot of inequities that exist around those um, placed on our folks as well
0: hey, it's been a long hard road sarah but you know even though it takes a long time you've done a fantastic job with this thing i don't want to jinx it but when this thing finishes out you know you will have made a positive change for all of our children
3: well, thank you thank you
0: hey, i got a i got another uh, kind of an odd question uh you know we also had as a guest you know we, we whatever uh, we, we we take all, all all shapes and sizes. Um, Susan Goodman from the NDSC, she's uh-huh. their counsel. Uh, how how do you guys work together between all and and and, and the ARC as well? You know, and, and other organizations like that.
3: That that's a great question. Um, obviously, Susan's a dear colleague. Um, we. We talk very frequently. Um, we so our organization, the National Down Syndrome Society, and NDSC have had a long history of of working together. We're often part of um, very similar. Um, we work on similar legislation, and we're part of a lot of the same um, coalitions. And so, um, I'm not NDSC complaining. You know,
0: two heads are better than one, and all that. Let's let's hit those congressmen twice. Some of them needed need an extra dose.
3: Exactly. And, you know, we are very fortunate. Um, Last year, the NDSC convention was actually in Washington, D.C. So we helped um, work with NDSC and the Global Down Syndrome Foundation on their Hill Day. A lot of my background has been obviously in advocacy and government affairs. And so we helped them with the training and getting the advocates on the Hill. And I think last year it was it was a fantastic opportunity with our buddy walk on Washington to get, um, to get our organizations up there and advocating twice for the able act. And I think that really helped build co-sponsors for the legislation that our advocates were coming twice and hitting up these offices, um, as many times as possible.
0: When, when I was talking about, uh, you know, some of the people we have to thank that have kind of spent their, you know, decades of their life, you know, working to, to, to to better things for her children. She was she was who I was thinking of.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Susan has been a an, an amazing advocate and voice for the community for a long, long time.
0: All
1: right. Rick, Jason, I've been dominating I've been dominating the questions. You guys are up. You mentioned it has to start in the house. Um did you did we touch on the Congressional Down syndrome caucus yet?
3: Oh, oh I d I don't think we have. Okay,
1: so let's how does the how does that help this bill get started?
3: Um, that's a great a great question. The Congressional Down Syndrome Caucus is obviously a a very important piece of the legislation and the priorities that we're working on in in Washington on Capitol Hill. Um, so our Congressional Down Syndrome Caucus is basically a a body that creates a dialogue in the U.S. House of Representatives. We actually have, you know, there's 435 members of the House, so there's quite a few. There's only 100 in the Senate, you know, it's obviously the, the upper chamber, so there's a less, a less of a need to caucus. Um, but our caucus co-chairs are um, Kathy McMorris-Rogers, Pete Sessions, Chris Van Hollen, and um, Delegate Holmes Norton from the D.C. area. So we have two Democrats and two Republicans that help lead our Congressional Down Syndrome caucus efforts. Um, the caucus really serves the purpose of c- containing and creating a dialogue around Down syndrome issues. So they often host briefings on Capitol Hill for members and staff on our key issues. In the past, we've held um, briefings around research, around education issues, around employment and a transition. Um, and this is a, great, this is a great way to educate people about the issues that we care about um, obviously, any issues that NDSS is promoting on Capitol Hill, we work with the Congressional Down Syndrome Caucus to make sure they're bought in and supportive of the efforts that we're doing. Um, the The caucus is very committed to passing the ABLE Act legislation, and I can tell you firsthand um, that those folks have been weighing in with the House Ways and Means Committee, which is the Committee of Jurisdiction, or the committee that has responsibility over tax, um, and will be actually authoring or writing the tax bill that comes out of the House. Um, uh, Now that we have um, two of our caucus co-chairs in very high positions of leadership, um, I mentioned uh, Congresswoman McMorris-Rogers' position, and Congressman Pete Sessions um, is actually chair of the Rules Committee in the House, and in order to pass a bill, you have to bring a... Bring a bill to the floor for a debate and a vote you have to have a rule so um, we have um, we're in a very very good place and they will play a very prominent um, role in helping us pass the ABLE legislation um, we always um, recruit members to the Congressional Down Syndrome Caucus it's just a way of kind of signing your name to the caucus as, as a way of saying you're promoting or you're supportive of of the work of the caucus and supportive, essentially, of people with Down Syndrome and their families. So we'll be talking about the caucus at the Buddy Walk on Washington and helping recruit um, additional members to the caucus.
0: Well, that's fantastic. I mean, you obviously, uh, boy, you know your stuff.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, So Mark, you were talking before about, you know, saying, man, I'm only two hours away. But really, uh, when you start talking about what, uh, and I'm sure Sarah can touch on this, you can still do things if you're not going to be in Washington. In fact, some of the things i found most effective are things you're doing while... Boy, that that's home.
0: stuff I should be doing all the time. <laughs> I should be stopping by that guy's office and bringing him donuts every morning, to be honest.
3: Hey, it, it, it works.
1: <laughs> Sarah, real quick, do you want any, anyone to do anything? Like, what, what would we say for people to do that are not going to be there?
3: That, that's another great question, right? So um, immediately following our Buddy Walk on Washington, we're going to be sending out some information to the entire community and all of our listservs and through social media about how you, can, how, you can per, how you can participate in the Buddy Walk on Washington virtually. Um, obviously, we have um, three legislative issues that we're working on. Um, ABLE Act, we're working on a Trisomy 21 Research Resource Act, and um, NIH research funding. So we'll be pushing that information out and giving you guys different ways that you can engage and contact your um, congressional delegations. So that's definitely one way. Um, we'll give you guys um, email and call-in scripts, um, as Rick can probably uh, contest to, attest to, We um, try and give you guys all the tools and all the materials you need. It's really a matter of just executing and reaching out to those congressional offices. Um, We also offer a number of ways to stay involved in our efforts through following us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as um, making sure that you're subscribing to our action alerts um, when there's much needed um, interest and engagement from our advocacy community um, we use our action alert system to basically rally the troops and make sure that um, you all are contacting hill, hill offices.
0: Yeah I love um, I, I, I love that kind of stuff you know stuff where you've made it easy on me you know as a busy person and I can I can contact my congressman by email or whatever and say, hey, I'm a busy person, but I do vote. You know, and I think, you know, this is important and and usually there's some sort of form letter and all of the the right phone numbers or uh, emails and contact information is right there. I love that stuff.
3: Yeah, it's just a matter of usually, you know, keying in your own zip code and customizing our template to tell your personal story and hitting send. It's it's pretty easy. We can track um, how many how many touch points a congressional office gets. And so when I'm following up with an office, either by email or in person, I can say, hey, we've had 50 constituents contact your office about co-sponsoring the ABLE Act. And I can show them the letters or emails. And it's a very effective way of engaging um, a particular office.
0: Right, and it's good for, you know, Folks like me who 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 might have some time to advocate, but it always seems to be after ten o'clock at night, like like now.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you mentioned
2: that you can track it, and that's is that only if you go through a certain means of contacting that you can track do the tracking.
3: Yes, um, we can. We have um, we subscribe to CapWiz. It's our online software tool that we use. Um to blast out all of our action alerts, so if you call or email from our system, um we can track that information um okay. it, it's very it's very helpful to us
2: yeah I bet.
0: the one the ones what that I did via email i had there was a certain address I was supposed to blind copy um, mm-hmm. so yeah, was, it was elect- as easy as just putting an extra you know, something else in the you know in the b c c field
3: Yep. Uh, that, actually, that's I don't know
2: if I've ever done that that's
3: definitely. One way. The, the other way, and I think Rick and some of our other Down Syndrome Ambassadors have done this, is to engage your members of Congress through Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you know, They all have Facebook sites and um, have Twitter. I guess it's a Twitter handle. And you can engage and have a dialogue around our issues through social media. If you aren't following your your members of Congress and you're on social media, I would strongly encourage you to do so. And you, it, it, it's very important to kind of pay attention to what they're working on. And so, if you pop pop in at the grocery store and you run into them, you can say, "Hey, I saw you met with so and so." But you know, I'm I'm Rick from Delaware, and you know, the, this is what I'm working on. And I have a daughter Kayla with Down syndrome, and we're trying to pass the Sable Act. So, um, definitely engage with. Our elected officials through social media—it's a very effective tool.
0: Yeah, Rick, you got to call in person, so you can use the power of your voice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you
1: will pass the email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are not no. the droids you're looking for. <laughs> no, it's you know, Twitter great because all you have to do is write, you know, Congressman Chris Coons, thank you, or Representative John Carney, thank you. You know, only like, that's all the space you have to write, so it's real fast. And, you know, or it says, uh, you know, Congressman Tom Carper, please uh, support the ABLE Act by co-sponsoring. That's all you have room for. It's real quick. And uh, I don't know. That, I think that's a really easy way to
2: do it. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm yeah. sorry, Jason. I cut you off before, buddy.
2: That's okay. I was, I was going to ask, um, what can, if, so suppose someone, both of someone's senators and their representatives are supporting the ABLE Act, what can they do to to get other people to support, to spread the word?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great question, Jason. Uh, you know, if they are um, obviously already a co-sponsor, you know, asking them to encourage their colleagues to co-sponsor. So I think in your state, in California, Senator Boxer is a co-sponsor, but right. Senator Feinstein has not yet co-sponsored. Mm. So reaching out to Boxer and saying, hey, could you, you know, could you elevate this issue with your colleague, um, Senator Feinstein? That, that's one great way to um, just continue to build additional support. Um, if your particular representative or senator is on one of our key committees, making, asking them to talk to the chairman and ranking member of those committees about making sure that ABLE Act is, is a priority and you know, gets through committee for, um, for a vote, is, is also another effective way to garner more support for the legislation.
2: Okay.
0: All right, what do you guys say? You guys got any kind of roundup questions?
1: The last thing I just wanted to touch on that the NDSS does that we haven't discussed yet, and Sarah just touched on it a little bit in the beginning, was uh, government affairs committees. Uh, all three of us, Jason, Mark, and myself, our families are tied into the boards for the, uh, down, our local Down Syndrome associations. And um, one great thing the NDSS does is helps you create a committee inside your board to work on advocacy and government affairs, and they help provide training for that. I don't know. Sarah, is there like a a quick uh, summary for that you can give us?
3: Sure. I'd love to talk about the GAC program. So the goal of our Down Syndrome Government Affairs Committee is, is really to focus on developing and setting priorities at the state level. I, we've talked a lot about the work that we do in D.C. on um, Capitol Hill, which is considered our, our federal, federal level of government. But there's a lot of activity happening in state capitals across the country. Um, so we work, um, we go out and we help um, train advocates to be effective, um, effective lobbyists and advocates at the state level. And try to influence legislation and other regulations and policy that's happening in your state. Um, we do this, we'll, we'll come out and, and help provide training sessions. Um, uh, similar to, it's a very condensed um, Partners in Policy Making, and I know I say that because I know Rick is going through that program. Um, we help um, basically network and introduce you to other state disability organizations and coalitions that are working on um, Key disability issues and priorities Um, There's a lot of organizations that are organized already in your particular states. So we want to make that that introduction Um, one of the things that we're focusing on right now at NDSS is helping equip our GACs and um, your government affairs committees with giving you model state model legislation um, around Down syndrome issues. And so just at DSAIA, um, uh, I guess last weekend, um, my colleague Maureen Gallagher, who's the executive director of the Massachusetts Down Syndrome Congress, we did a presentation on how you can pass state legislation basically get using um, a, a bill that they actually got passed into law last July around prenat state prenatal testing information Um, they they really got ahead of the curve around the whole non-invasive prenatal testing um, development and got some state legislation passed which was modeled after a piece of federal legislation that um, the Down syndrome community helped pass in 2008 um, the prenatally postnatally diagnosed conditions act it's a it's a mouthful so we called it the Kennedy Brownback legislation because Senator um, Ted Kennedy and Senator Brownback now governor of Kansas at, uh, at the time um, really championed that legislation and got it through through Congress and so um, one of the things we've been focused on right now is just giving um, our GACs and folks um, our affiliates and ambassadors legislation that they can take forth and um, help network and build relationships with your state legislatures, your senators, and your and your state reps um, to get, get pieces of legislation introduced and passed through the state. So if you're interested in that, um, definitely reach out to us because I have um, tons of information. We're getting ready to go out and do a GAC training in Wisconsin here in the next two months.
0: I, I think it's safe to say, Sarah, that we've had uh, Chip on, we've had you on, and we still haven't covered all the stuff that uh, you know that NDSS does. Did you guys do a lot of stuff?
3: <laughs> That's, <laughs> well, a good we, thing. We, That's a good we thing. We love love the program and would love to keep continuing to come to come back. So thank you so much.
0: Sure, sure. You know every uh, you know every six months or so we'll check back. You, I'm sure you guys will have something new going on.
3: Well, hopefully by the in the next six months we'll pass the ABLE Act so we can have a whole. Podcast on celebrating that effort. We just
0: cheer the entire hour, right? Be great. <laughs>
3: exactly. Be. We'll have President Obama on after he signs the bill into law.
0: You know, uh, when I when I wrote one of those advocacy alerts or whatever, where there was a form letter, but I I I, I tailored it. I actually uh, um, asked him if he wanted to be on the on the program <laughs> <laughs> and explain hey. why he would not co-sponsor. <laughs> There you go. I'm sure yeah, he was still he, I'm I'm not sure that I even ever crossed his desk. We'll see. But <laughs> all right, anything to wrap up? You want to move on to story of the week? Sounds good. Hey Sarah, stay yeah. with us. You know, I don't know if you know, but at the end we do our uh, our uh, like our, our, our moment of the week. You know, it's mm-hmm. something that uh you know heartfelt and touching that happened to us during the week and we'd love to hear a story from you too, if that's
1: okay.
3: Great, love to.
1: Yeah, yeah and thanks Sarah for that overview. I mean that was just full of information. Uh, I'm glad it's on a podcast so I can listen to it over again a couple of times and make sure I get it all done. So. Oh, gets you fired so, up. Yeah. Great. Uh, let's see. We got... Uh, so we're going into the story of the week. Uh, changing gears here. Uh, going from ABLE Act to the Oscars. So we're going back to the <laughs> Academy Awards. Uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, everyone's taking a deep breath now. jumping to the Academy Awards. Okay. So anyway... Uh, Actress Jennifer Lawrence, who, uh, won an Academy Award for her work in Silver Linings Playbook. She grew up, uh, with a friend, one of her best friends that had his his name's Andy Strunk, and he has Down Syndrome. Uh, they grew up together, went to school together, and, um, he still talks to her and, uh, congratulated her and was hoping that she was going to win, and she did. Um, but, uh he had an article done and uh, a nice youtube video uh, about him and jennifer and uh, his mom is uh, saying that the night of the oscars he's going to dress up and uh... have his shirt and tie on and everything just like as if he was there to celebrate and hope that jennifer lawrence was going to win the academy award and uh... he said if she wins i'll say yay 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 and uh... we'll have to be calmed down by people uh... So, <laughs> uh so he said he's going to send her a text message of congratulations and see you later. And um, he he just loves uh, Jennifer Lawrence. As I'm actress. looking
0: at the pictures. His smile's a mile wide. Yeah. So there you go.
1: So it's a great story. It's going all over the place. Love seeing it, and it just shows you that a lot of people have ties to people with Down syndrome. So uh, it's interesting when you can see that on a on a Hollywood scale as well. It.
0: I guess it's you know it's 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 everywhere, but. Uh Maybe people didn't talk about it as much before, and then and they should, and, and now they can.
1: Exactly. I agree.
0: All right. You guys want to do uh, um, some moments of the week?
1: Sounds good. Sure.
0: You, you want to start, chasing?
2: Um, Sure. i
0: dumping it on you. Sorry.
2: That's okay. You mean other than than lounging on, well, not really lounging, but paddling around the bay all, all day today. Um, yeah,
1: with, with doves flying and setting and all south, yeah. uh,
2: that stuff. That's pretty good. Actually, that was, that was the, the, the on the way out. On the way back, the wind picked up and Eloise was freezing cold and um, it, it got to be very hard to get back. <laughs>
0: but she's, uh, she's not a big paddler?
2: No. She likes to, to put the paddle in the water, but that usually doesn't help very much. Um She has a little a little paddle a short paddle that usually um, is more of a drag than a than a help but um no she does it, she can do it by herself if she does it by herself, she'll paddle but um if she's on with one of us. she just rides and it's fun um so my moment has got to be now now. Dexter is is very mobile, not quite walking yet, but he, he's at the stage where whenever um, Coletta or I walk into the room or, um, you know, come home from work or go to pick him up, um, as soon as he hears our voice after, as soon as he hears my voice when I walk in after he's woken up or when I come to pick him up, I hear him go, Papa, Papa, and then he starts Racing towards my voice, Papa, Papa, Papa! And he just keeps going until I pick him up and throw him up in the air or give him a big yeah. squeeze or something. So you figure awesome. that that's you awesome.
0: know Colette could that's use best. that, you know, when she's trying to get him, you know, into the bathroom or something like that for a bath. She could just, you know, play your voice yeah, on the play, like, I- on, on the iPhone or yeah. something, <laughs> lure him idea. into the
2: room. Just, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's the best. It's really great.
1: What sound effect was he making last time too? Was he like throwing something and making a sound?
2: Oh, I forget. He it was, was yeah. Time. He was saying he was throwing a ball around the room and going, "Yeah!" Oh yeah, and right. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So he, he
0: he moved on from the fart sounds. Come on.
2: No, you know it, it, he still does. If you uh, if you say the word "butt," no matter what, <laughs> he makes the <laughs> sound. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Except when someone is just talking and they, and they, you know, interject with like a butt and then he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> or if he sees someone, he, he does that if, if he sees someone, someone's like belly, like there was a little kid, we were just at the park and, um, the little kid had a, kind of a belly was hanging out of his shirt and he, Dexter tried to run over and give him a Zerbert on his belly. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> That's,
2: That's awesome. thing. <laughs>
0: Oh, awesome! What an awesome age!
2: Yeah. yeah, it's very fun. What
0: do you say, Rick? You want me to go next? Yeah, go ahead. You know, I was I, I was with uh, um, with Luke all weekend. I was with with you know flying solo with all my kids all weekend, and uh, you know, the night of the of the puking all night was it was rough, but uh, he was pretty good through the whole thing. I mean, he knew right to go, you know what to do, and we we learned the word yucky. You know, we learned some new words or whatever and the whole next day he was very you know very tired very sleepy and he was very snuggly you know usually particularly during the day you know to try to get him to stay still as you know he's four he was he'll run around all the time uh so you know that was some, some some kind of bonding time that was that was pretty good i mean obviously he wasn't feeling well but uh it was it was nice to spend a kind of a day inside we watched a lot of tv which you know we we, we generally try not to do but well, he's not feeling well, it's okay, so we did a lot of that, and it was, I don't know, it was a good time. Uh, also, I traveled a lot this week uh, for work, and uh, uh, he's learned to say, I missed you, Daddy. You know, because for a while, he had to, to say, I love you, and, you know, you always say it to him, and for him to learn to reciprocate is a, I don't know, it's a stage or whatever, but now I got him saying, because, you know, I, I'll always say it to him, I missed you, and now it kind of clicks with him much more quickly that, uh, you know, he can reciprocate that when he sees me again. And uh, so that yeah, when I came home uh, the other night, I was in uh, Indianapolis, and uh, I came back. He says, "I missed you, Daddy." It
1: was awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then. Okay. Let me go buy you something. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's that's, that's what I would say. <laughs> Here, take this pack of gum that I bought at the airport. Right. Good to me. What do you say, bud? All right. So uh, it happened this morning. So every so often, I get to drive my daughter to school, and today drove her to school. Taking Kayla and you know she she um she likes to walk in by herself right she's a first grader walking by herself like everybody else so I walk her take park the car walk her up to like the sidewalk that leads to the school but then I st- she's like dad you stay here I'm gonna walk <laughs> in okay so I'm like that's fine so she starts walking in and uh, like you know ten feet up the sidewalk she stops and all the kids are passing her she turns around and she starts blowing kisses to me and waving and it was just <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like saying "bye, daddy, bye, daddy." And then she walks up another, like you know, maybe twenty feet towards the school, on the sidewalk that's alongside the school. And she turns around and she does it again, blowing kisses and waving. And she's talking to me, but you know, she's getting farther and farther away. I have no idea what she's saying. She's waving and talking to me. And then this lady comes walking by, um, and she said, I, "Oh, I heard what your daughter was saying. She said it's okay. You can come pick. Her, it's okay for you to come pick her up after school today." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, great! So thanks, Kayla." That's awesome, yeah. buddy. You
0: gotta you gotta cherish that because you know in a few years you guys will be in the mall and she'll be like, "You walk ten feet behind me, daddy." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody known with you. Oh, man. I so, hope they're not like that. Probably not.
1: <laughs> might be, but I'm I'm i loving the six year old time. So it's it's great and oh, that's uh, awesome. seeing your seeing your uh, kid blow you kisses and wave to you with like this huge smile on their face is an amazing thing.
0: That's like that Cisner song, on that the Butterfly Kisses song.
1: Well, that might one I'm one but of those really, country make you songs.
0: All right, Sarah. Now you've kind of heard what we're doing here. You got something, uh, something along those lines you'd like to like to sure. share? Sure.
3: Um, yes. Yeah, so I guess my moment of the week would would have been today. Um, we have one of our Down syndrome ambassadors, who's a, who's a self advocate from. Um, he lives outside of Boston he traditionally he works at the State House and um, works for a member of the state legislature there he's 47 and he also works with our affiliate um, MDSC out there his lifelong dream has been to come to Washington and work on on Capitol Hill so he's doing that right now he's actually working and interning for um, Congresswoman McMorris Rogers and he's working for her Monday through Thursday, and he's working with um, our NDSS D.C. office on Friday. So today we actually um, moved into our new um, office space in downtown D.C. We're at um, 16th and L, so um, about three blocks from the White House. So please come visit us if you're ever in the D.C. area. Well, um, I was on a conference call, and and John was um, hoping, or he was begging me to go get Starbucks. So... I gave him directions to go get Starbucks for us, and uh, about um, 30 minutes later, he wasn't back yet, so I started to get worried, and about 40 minutes, started to panic, and he had taken the long way (laughs) around the block, one of those long D.C. blocks, to get back, and uh, you know, came back with cold coffee, but you know. Obviously, he was he was ready to work, and he just he loves being in D.C. and um, being up on on Capitol Hill. I think you know um, when you have somebody like John, and you have people like uh, people with Down syndrome working alongside other congressional staffers and members of Congress. This is really the The one way we can really raise expectations and, and show the rest of the world what people with Down syndrome can do and c- can achieve, and um, John John's done a fantastic job. He's helping us with the Congressional Down Syndrome Caucus. Um, obviously, he's a huge huge proponent of the Able Act, and so um, it was it's it's been fun having him down here and working at least with us on Fridays. So that was that was my moment. My I guess my um, mom worrying moment of the day when he he, he finally made his way back <laughs>
1: it's that There's easy an amazing down there yeah sure of john you guys i don't know if you, you i tell you about him may see it but it's him at a desk uh and you know working on something that seems to be monumental and he's on he's standing there uh it's, it's a picture that we always see i think when we're looking at advocacy type presentations or maybe it's an ndss presentations a bunch but i uh, mean we can get that in our update for this week because uh it's awesome. It's
3: oh awesome. yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sure. definitely get that to you guys. Um, I think it is actually a picture of John from a piece that Time Time did last year. It's, it's he's very serious, and I use it in all my presentations because I think it's it's excellent.
1: Yeah, it's so powerful.
0: It's 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 such a parallel to like inclusion in a school setting because it's you, know, you forget that it's such a great two way street. It's good for it's good for him, and it's kind of good for you know what 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 you're trying to do to you know expose some of these people who you, maybe they haven't met as many people with Down syndrome to like you said show them what we can do.
3: Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more.
0: Super. All right, is there anything, uh, Sarah, you would like to um, um, to plug before we get off at all? Obviously, you are at ndss.org.
3: Yes, that's right. We're at ndss.org. Um, definitely make sure that you're getting our newsletter and following us through social media and sign up for our for our advocacy alerts through our webpage. Um, that's the best way to follow what we're doing and make make sure that we know where you are so you can get involved with our advocacy efforts. Um, the Buddy Walk on Washington is, is less than two weeks away, but if you are able um, and willing to come, we will definitely um, include you in that event. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun and if you can't come this year, we'll we'll count on you coming next year.
0: You bet. You bet. Alright. Well, uh, anything else guys before I go into the kind of final spiel thing? I don't think so. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I have a small correction to make. I'm not sure what episode number I said this was at the beginning, but it's episode 18. And uh, uh, we'd like to thank you for listening. Um, we are the Downright Awesome Dads, uh, Mark and Jason and Rick. And we'd like you to uh, uh, visit us at... Uh, uh, downrightawesome.com downrightawesome.com to get directly to the podcast Uh, we're also available on iTunes under uh, Down Syndrome Radio or Downright Awesome Uh, and we would love a subscribe or or a 5 star review leave a comment on the website we'd like to uh, to play it on the air um, or read about it on the air that would be wonderful we'd like to thank our Downright Awesome guest for the day and I think that might be about it what do you guys say?
1: It's awesome, great you're podcast.
0: Kind of stalk me for a second while I find my song that I picked out. <laughs> <Okay>. You're gonna, <laughs> li- you're gonna laugh at my closing song. Hang on, here we go. Oh boy. It's
2: not your, not your, playing.
0: Yeah, that's me playing on the guitar right here. Swear
2: to
1: you. I like it.
2: Get
0: I was it. searching for for songs <laughs> with the word walk
2: in them. <laughs> <laughs> little attitude never hurt anybody that's
0: right <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen well great work uh hope you guys have a good week we almost need to do a whole wrap up on that uh, DSIAA conference
1: um, kim kim was just she was very impressed it's awesome, man. It has that energy that you have from a national conference. Come on, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to hear more.
0: Alrighty. Have a great week. Thanks again, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Bye, guys. Hey. I'm going to end with my Luke thing. Hang on.
3: Stop, pick up,